lastly, we have a guest speaker today. I asked Tom to let, help, to let me introduce him because, um, you know, I was, I was reminded on the way over here of um, Flip Flippin once said, you know, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people that when you walk into the room and you meet them and spend time with them and they walk away, you think, wow, that was an amazing person. And then there are people that you meet and spend time with and you think, wow, I'm an amazing person. And that's what Charlie does to people. When you're around him, he has such a gift of encouragement and such a passion for the body of Christ that he loves to call out greatness in people that when you walk away, you think, wow, I am a good person. And that's what Charlie does to the whole world around him. And he, yes, he runs the, the college station CrossFit, but he's an evangelist at heart. And his heart is that his CrossFit gym, that nobody there will not be saved. Now, I've never heard him say that, but it's just an unspoken thing. His heart is to bring Jesus into everything that he does. And he lives it. I mean, he believes in family, you know, in the Acts 2 church. And so with that, it's such a fun thing to go to work out because you go to work out with family. And you have permission to talk about Jesus. I mean, in a way that, that is family-oriented. So it's just so fun to start every morning that way, you know, to just know that you're going to go to a place and that Jesus is there, real there. Because the people that own it and work there, Jesus is there, real in them. And so it's just an honor to work to work with you, Charlie. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. Today, I'm going to share with you a recent seminar that I did for the SOS ministry staff. I am incredibly grateful for what that ministry does. And if you're not familiar with them, check them out and you're going to see the amazing impact they make here in the local community. Uh, but today you're going to hear me share about some important principles that I believe are going to change your life. If you are ever interested in me coming to speak to your organization or maybe your business, I would love to do that. So just contact me directly. You can uh, contact the gym at 979-693-3103 or just send me an email, charlie at myboomfit.com. I hope listening to this seminar today inspires you to make a positive change in your life towards building a better you. Enjoy. A, a quick version of my story was at 18, I actually did a two mile run that has forever changed my life. So I rarely weighed myself, um, but I do remember getting on the scale and thinking to myself, this is the most that I've ever weighed in my life and thought, thought to myself, okay, I need to do something. I need to change something. So um, I didn't know what to do. And this is all happening in literally in the morning. But I thought, you know what, running was awful <laughs> and it might help me to lose some weight. But I had no idea what else to do. I mean, I really didn't know. So I went and measured two miles in my neighborhood. I just turned 18, February 9th. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to go out and try to run two miles. So I, you know, get on my tennis shoes, you know, wore some shorts and a t-shirt. And I, I walked to the end of my street. And I remember stopping at the stop sign. And then I just started. And I made it probably to like the front door of SOS Ministries <laughs> before I had to start walking. I mean, it was not even a street. Like, I'm already tired. And I walk a little bit, and then I run, and then I walk, and then most of you have probably played that game before, basically. You're, you're doing a lot more walking than running, and that's just how we start. And I remember finishing, I don't even remember how long it took me, because that wasn't even a thought. It was just like, I'm finally done. 
And I remember going to my house and I remember the next morning being so, so sore. Like every muscle was hurting and aching. And not to mention, I was probably really poorly hydrated because I drank so many soft drinks. And the only thing I did was I cut out soft drinks. So like that day, I made the choice, no more soft drinks. And I started running that two miles three times a week. That's all I did. I mean, I didn't, you know, these days, how many different ways are people trying to lose weight? And how many, I mean, there's a scientific formula and, you know, there's so much information on the internet. I did two things. I ran or attempted to run two miles three times a week. This was February. And I cut out soft drinks. Now I was drinking six a day minimum. So that's about 300 grams of sugar that I just wiped out by May. So gra I graduated high school. My senior year, I graduated in May. I'd lost 40 pounds. It was amazing. Like even looking back now at that time, and, and the reason I share that story is because I think sometimes we overcomplicate this whole thing. We, we, we want to figure it out. You know, it, it's, and I'm going to tie this in because I know what you guys do for a living. Um, you can understand, but it's a lot like our faith. Like, you know, we try to overcomplicate this thing. And it's a very simple thing. And, you know, I'm not a pastor. Um, I didn't go to seminary. I love Jesus and I read his word. And, you know, to my understanding is the more I try to overcomplicate what he's asking me to do, the more frustrating and challenging and when it's really simple, you know, surrender, trust him right? Love others. And nutrition and exercise are the same thing. You can beat yourself up and stress yourself out and, and ultimately become so frustrated because of what you're making it out to be when it's pretty simple. And my goal by the end of this talk is that you have some actionable take-home application to what I'm going to share with you to impact your life and ultimately make you a better version of you specifically to your health. So fast forward, now I'm 37 years old. You know, I just kind of did that thing where I've, for, I remember doing so many of these talks and telling people I've been unhealthy more years of my life than I have been healthy because ultimately it started at 18. Well, now I'm 37, so I can't say that anymore. Now I've actually been healthy more years of my life than I've been unhealthy. Uh, but at the same time, it's you know, your first 18 years of your life shape you. They really do. Like, I mean, the home you were, you grew up in and the influence by those people. So it's arguably, and you guys interact with so many people, it's arguably more difficult to make changes after those first 15 to 20 years of your life because your worldview has been established spiritually and physically and mentally and emotionally. And so one of the things that I want to challenge you with today is I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about four areas. I'm going to hang out in one, but I want to talk about four areas that are important because they impact all of us. The first one is your mindset, and that's your psychology. How do you think? You know, when somebody presents something to you, what happens in your head? When I say right now, we're going to go out and we're going to run two miles because I want to do 
I want you guys to feel what I felt 19 years ago. What, what, is, what is the thought? What, what, is, what is the response in your head? Because that's, that's one area. There's a whole other area that's your heart set. And that is more of your emotionality. And it's what your emotions are. It's what you feel. It's, it's your heart. So you have your mindset and you have your heart set. And then there's your health set. And that's your physiology. That's going to be your, you know, how are you sleeping? How are you eating? Are you exercising? If we did blood pressure right now, if we calculated your resting heart rate, if we checked your blood glucose levels, if we did a sleep test, what is the data that we're going to collect on your actual physiology? And then the last piece is your soul set. And that's your spirituality. That's your relationship with the Lord. That's your, you know, what, what I, would, uh, I would believe that we all agree with, the foundation of everything, right? But I don't want you to think that that's everything. As much as I could debate with myself about what I just said, I have to acknowledge that these other components are incredibly important. You know, we have a saying at my gym, and it's building better people. That is our purpose. That is what we do. That is why we wake up at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning to be at a gym at 5 o'clock to encourage, inspire, and motivate other people. So that when Carmen and Steve come at 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. or when Kyle comes at 3.45 or 5 o'clock or anyone else that comes to the gym, when they come and they come work out, and we can give them everything that we have in the same way that you do the same, right, for the people that come here. Because we believe that when you exercise, you are becoming a better version of you. And that's where building better people comes from. We believe that we are building better people. Yes, a byproduct of you coming to the gym is you're going to get more fit. <laughs> You're going to be able to do more push-ups. You're going to be able to run faster. You're going to be able to lift more weight. And that's great. But that's not why we do this. That's not why I do this. That's why I started doing this. But I have learned and appreciated that exercise and nutrition give you so much more if you allow it to. And sometimes... In, in, in ministry, but it's not just ministry, you can say in motherhood or in business because you guys are just in one area that happens to uh, exhaust you in a certain way, right? But in ministry, you could say that you are so focused on your soul that you get up, you read your Bible, you pray before events, you love and feel called and you are because what you'll do at SOS Ministries is changing the world. I came to my first uh, banquet four or five years ago. I actually brought my entire staff. Um, you know, Carmen's been a part of our gym for so long and 
I remember Carmen coming to the gym. This was like, two, we were at the Bryan location. This was like 2011 or, or 10 or 11, 11. And I remember, I never knew what Carmen did. You know, I, I mean, she comes in and, you know, she just works out and then she walks out and, you know. And one day it was like, she shared with me like what she did the night before. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like, wow. You know, it was just amazing. And, and her passion and the way she spoke with such authority and just the, and this was several years into what she's been doing, but you know, it was like, wow. Well, I remember that conversation and a few others, but I never really understood what y'all do until I came to the banquet. And I think that's when I really got it. And I thought to myself, this is amazing. And it's so cool because the same way that God has equipped me with a unique set of gifts to create this environment in our gym that Carmen talked about, he's doing the same with JJ and Carmen and all of you at SOS Ministries. And what's really cool where the kingdom comes down, right, is when everyone is operating in that way, right? So not only when you go to a gym, but when you go to a coffee shop and you go to a campus and you go to a church and you go to a restaurant and literally you are having the kingdom of heaven down on earth because we are all utilizing our gifts, right? So you guys are doing that. And it's amazing and it's transforming this community and the world because you don't even know the ripple effects that are happening from the life changing. You know, of, of all those people that came to the tea party that Carmen spoke about just before the meeting, there's going to be about 99 out of 100 times a million stories that you would never, never know about. You might know a few of those. But how many of those women are still to this day being impacted by that event? And the thousands of things you guys are doing here at this place. So I know you understand what it means to feed your soul, right? To um, strengthen your soul. And, I, and I, arguably, every person here, that means it's something a little bit different. You know, it may mean waking up first thing in the morning, reading your Bible, you know, journaling, praying. It may mean uh, having a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, time with a mentor or somebody who is pouring into you, discipling you. It may mean sitting in church on Sundays every week. It might mean um, having committed time weekly to pray for others. Okay, those are awesome. And I, and I absolutely would agree with you that when we build our life on the rock, right, on our soul, that when the storm comes, as it will, you will be able to withstand it. And, and I 100% agree with you that that is foundational and it is of the most importance. However, these other areas cannot be neglected because you can have this amazing time with the Lord, this amazing uh, evangelistic uh, outreach program, and then in the secret corners of your life where nobody sees, you are frustrated. You're just mad. You're just mad because you're exhausted. 
You're drained. You're giving constantly to other people. And again, we're, we're in the secret corners of our lives. So nobody, nobody knows. And you're not going to bring that up at staff meeting. And, and if you're real honest, you're probably not going to bring that up to anyone. I would encourage you that when you have that one-on-one -on -one time with somebody who you trust, who might be a mentor or somebody who is caring for you, that you do open up and share with them that you're feeling that way because you need to communicate that. But most often what I found is those are the things you don't want to share with anyone. And what if there was more to this equation than just feeding your soul? I mean, I don't necessarily read in the Bible that Jesus worked out, but I like to think <laughs> that he walked everywhere. <laughs> he does talk about, you know, time alone with the Lord. And I believe that our physical state is, is very important. I believe that how we eat, and again, this is 2019. You know, this, this is a time where uh, it presents a lot of challenges in these areas. But what if you actually giving your health set, your mindset, and your emotional set, attention, your heart set, would be worth your time? What if I could convince you that by giving time to some of those areas, it would actually give you exponentially more in return than what you gave it? By Carmen and Kyle going to the gym anywhere from three to five days a week over 50 weeks a year, what if it increases their capacity to give more to others. And when, and, and I would, I know they would agree with this. If you take that away from them, they're completely different. Now, I, I do believe the Lord has all power and all authority and can still work through you. However, you know, it's kind of like I like to tell people, I heard Dave Ramsey share this at a business seminar one time, and I'll forever remember it, but he says, you have to pray like it all depends on God, but work like it all depends on you. So common sense tells us that our bodies, you know, this, this body is expiring every single day. It just is. It's temporary. We get a new one. He tells us that in scripture. Praise God. And hopefully we won't obsess over it like we do here on this one. But this body is expiring. Now what if, what if you taking care of this body will actually give you more ability and time to do these things that you feel called to do? I interviewed Brian Fisher about two years ago on my podcast, and it was a phenomenal interview. If you want to go back and listen to it, the podcast is very easy to remember now, Building Better People podcast. And Brian talks a lot about stewardship of your body. Um, he's a pastor at Grace Bible Church, and he said something that was really, really, really good. He said, okay, well, what if, you know, you feel like God's called you to preach the gospel all over the world until 
the day you die, in, in your mind, that's like 80 years old. In your mind. But because you've made some poor decisions in your life, nutritionally, physically, neglecting some areas of your life, you end up dying early at 55. And he's, and he's not trying to be mean or rude or hurtful by saying this, but you have now taken 25 years away from the Lord that he wanted to use you. Now, and he went was quickly to say, he's going to use someone else. But you took those years away from him and his ability to use you. And I would argue this. You know, I have four kids. Love them all. Love my wife. Been married 10 years. And I will tell you right now, me working out is my pill <laughs> that I take every day. And it is... Um, it, it, it gives me more capacity in, in the area of patience and my ability to love them and my ability to encourage them. And I, just the way Karma was so generous to, to say those kind words about me. But I, I really believe it is when you are complete, right? And yes, the soul and your spirit is a major component. But if you're not taking care of your body, you might not be feeling as complete. Even though you know Jesus and you love him and you know he loves you, but you're not happy with where you are. You're tired. You're not sleeping well. You're making poor decision after poor decision when it comes to what you're eating and not taking care of yourself. I have to think that that's affecting how complete you feel and how much you can help other people. And because Jesus is so big in your life and so big in your heart and so strong in you, you're able to do more <laughs> than most people. But what if you're here and he wants to take you there and all you need to do is surrender in this area? Because let's be honest, the reason we're not doing it is your pride. You've decided, I don't need to. I'm okay. And every time somebody comes in and talks to me about it, I don't want to hear it. Because I'm okay. And you can't convince me of anything that I don't already know. Well, excuse me for saying that that was just super arrogant and super pride-filled. And I'm just trying to be honest, not trying to be rude. But I'm kind of getting in your business because that's the way that it can become more effective for you to actually surrender to this idea that my health is important, not just for me, but for the Lord to be able to use me. So what does it mean? How can we break this down? How can we keep this very simple yet applicable? Well, nutrition. We've got to talk about eating. I would love to tell you that, hey, you just got to, you know, not worry about your diet, but that's the thing that you do more than anything. You know, have you ever understood this uh, concept of the information that enters your ears, right? And how that affects your psychology and your mindset. So I listened to the, probably the worst of the worst music that you could ever imagine for a, long, a lot of years. And uh, I just, to be honest with you, I just love the beat and the sound. It's probably a lot of the music that the, you know, the people that you guys are trying to help 
listen to. I mean, it was just the rap and it was just the, you know, bad language and just the worst of the worst. And I listened to that for a long time. And I'll, I'll never forget my pastor at my church one time was kind of like calling everyone out who, and he doesn't do this often. He rarely kind of even will, will just directly talk about, okay, this is something you need to stop doing. He did, but ultimately he said, if you're listening to any music with lyrics such as blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And he, and I thought, oh man, you know, and I'd been going to church for three years at the time. And I was like, but I was still listening. And I had kind of justified it because I was listening to the edited versions of these songs. <laughs> and Carmen, you know, the beauty of this is that Carmen sit in the room. And I, I would think that Carmen, because she's been a part of the whole, the gym for song, it's very snail speed and very slow progress. But I would hope that she sees a little more Jesus in the gym today than she did when she started. And it's ultimately just been as the Lord has kind of really been more clear in my life then it can't help but overflow into how I run the gym. Uh, but I remember listening to the music and the, 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 the lyrics. I mean, even if they're, they're beeping out the bad word, you know the word. He literally just, it didn't come out of the stereo, but it was bleeped out. And, uh, and I immediately I was like, okay. Well, then it was awesome because I had some young guys working out at the gym. And they were in college, and these guys were you know, on fire for the Lord. And they tell me about this guy named Lecrae. And I had never, I mean, I, you know, I didn't know anything about Lecrae. And I remember, but I remember listening, I was like, this is, because I kind of got discouraged, you know, I like working out to, to the, that, like, music. And, and I felt like, man, now, you know, it's like, what am I going to work out to, you know? And like, how am I going to go for a run? And this music was so awesome. And, you know, what, what's been so cool is to see kind of, and that's just, again, kingdom coming down. Like, these guys are using their gifts, and, you know, we're all benefiting from it. And, uh, but that was a pivotal point for me. But what I'm, why I'm saying that is because what the content was coming in, the content that was coming in my ears was polluting me, polluting my brain, polluting my heart. You could argue the same thing about the, what we watch, you know, some of these shows, some of these movies are just polluting you, you know, as much TV as there is now and reality TV and you know, a great example of this is scary movies. You know, I don't watch scary movies because I don't want to be scared at two o'clock in the morning when I have to get up to pee. <laughs> I'm a grown man. But if I watched a scary movie at 10 o'clock and I went to bed at midnight and I had to wake up and pee, I'd be scared because it's polluting my brain. And so if we understand that principle, how does the nutrition affect us? What we're eating, what we're putting in our body is polluting you. And so if I can simplify nutrition, there's three things that need to be present in a healthy meal plan. Quality, quantity, and balance. And in each one of these carries equal importance. Quality. The best way to describe this is just eat single ingredient foods. Just eat whole foods. You know, when I think of single ingredient foods, it means whatever it, the, the thing it's called is what it is. <laughs> if I'm eating an egg, it's an egg. 
If I'm eating an apple, it's an apple. If I'm eating chicken, it's chicken. And where we kind of go in the opposite direction is when we start saying things that now I have to start giving descriptions or explanations for what I'm eating. The more you eat the single ingredient foods, and I don't want to overcomplicate this because we can really, really kind of get too focused on the wrong questions. But the more I eat the single ingredient foods, the healthier I am. That's quality. Number two, quantity. So an example like that would be like peanut butter, right? If you're Absolutely. Some peanut butter, yeah. Then, so yeah. peanut butter is just peanut. It's peanuts. That would be the single ingredient version of that. Now, of course, we know there's honey, you know, yeah. Peter Pan, and then you start looking at the label, and it's got five or six different ingredients. So that would be the wrong version of that. And the right version of that, which does exist, is the can that you find. It just says peanuts. And that is fascinating. And, you know, now it's so fancy that they'll even crush them right in front of you. And you can take that home. So, it's a, you know, it's a real world example of a single ingredient food. And if you can say that the majority of your food comes, and I said majority, because obviously if you, if, if there's room for the other, right? Like I don't want to make it sound like it's an all or nothing deal. You know, it's like quiet time. Like, do you have to have that every day for the rest of your life? I mean, it'd be great if you did, but it's not, I mean, there's going to be some days that you just don't. Even Carmen, believe it or not. <laughs> and so more often than the, 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 you know, complex, you know, the, the, the wrong types of foods, you want to have the right types of foods. That's quality. Quantity, quantity is how much you're eating. I described to you my early childhood. I was an overeater and I still have a lot of those characteristics today. I mean, it's, it's hard. Like last night I ate literally, I you know, had about a half a cup of cashews that I did not intend to eat. They were literally in a little, uh, you know, how you go to H-E-B and you put the the fresh cashews in and it was sitting in there and I'd already eaten a quarter cup at like 6 p.m. Notice I know how much because I have to do it that way. I have to know how much if I'm, it's not like a handful or two because, you know, I have to have learned how to work against myself, right? How to, how to compete with that person inside of me that wants to overeat. So about seven, I had a quarter cup. I was making the kids lunches for this morning and it was probably 930 and sure enough, I go back and I just start eating them and I eat the whole thing. I eat the rest of them. There's about half a cup left, you know, and I just, it's hard for me to stop. The only difference today compared to 20 years ago is now it's just not Snickers, you know, because anybody remember those little bite-sized sample Snickers? Like I could literally take out a thousand of them. <laughs> so qual uh, quantity is very important. How much are you eating? And the only way that you can truly understand how much to, you need to eat, in my opinion, is to actually journal it and add up the, the amount. And so fortunately, today in 2019, there's an app called MyFitnessPal that is free and incredibly resourceful. And it doesn't mean you have to do that forever. But you need to do it for a good amount of time so that you understand how many calories am I eating a day and how many carbohydrates and fats and proteins. And I wish it, you didn't have to do that, but you kind of do, you know, and, and 
Can you get away with just winging it? Yes, but to sustain that for forever is going to be really hard in today's time because there's so many challenges and so many. What I find is when I record that, when I have seasons in my life, when I'm actually putting in how much I ate, it holds me accountable. It's a self-accountability. You know, start with something very easy like 30 days. You know, I'm going to try to stick to this quality thing and I'm going to do this quantity thing and and all that means is for 30 days I'm going to basically put everything I eat into an app. And then the last piece to this is balance. The reason balance is important because it does matter what percentages of those calories come from carbohydrate, fats, and protein. I wish it didn't, but it does. So you have to make sure that you're that's where the tracking actually allow or helps you to to calculate that so you know if i was going to say like uh phase one phase two phase three i'd say like quality is probably like phase one just clean it up phase two is like okay download the app try for 30 days phase three is the information that you calculated for those 30 days now create some actionable goals from that because what if you found out that in those 30 days you are having 70% of your calories from carbohydrate and 12% from protein and 18% from fat. And, and again, right now it might be like, well, I don't even know where I'm supposed to be. I'll tell you right now, if you can go about even, 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 in other words, like 33%, 33%, 33%, that's a great, great goal. In other words, you've got, you know, every time you eat, it's got some fats, it's got some carbs and it's got some protein. And if you do that every time you eat, it adds up and it ends up being every day you have uh, enough carbohydrate, enough protein, and enough fat. And, and notice that I didn't tell you to eliminate any of those. We need them all present in what we eat. Where we go wrong, and the reason you have all these kind of, you know, the, the keto diet and all these uh, Atkins diets or, you know, South Beach diets. Those, when you hear those things, it's no different than somebody calling you, leaving you a voicemail and saying, hey, I'm in Miami, this is Charlie, and if you call me back in the next 30 days, you're going to make $10,000. Great. My number is 832-434-2386. Call me back. And would you call me back? I, I don't return those phone calls. I've gotten those messages before. I'm sure you have too. Or it's no different than the ad that you see for the you know, $50 Rolex on Facebook. That's what you have to understand is these things are these, they're, they're, they're just trying to scheme you out of the, and you know, to be honest with you, in Proverbs talks about this, the simpleton, right? In comparison to the wise person. And when you fall for these traps, it's like being a simpleton. You know, you're just naive. And ultimately, you know what happens to those people? They do this thing and probably really want it to work. And it, it basically is, is like this really false hope because it does for a little bit, only till it doesn't. And guess what? Now we've affected the mindset because now that psychology is frustrated and mad and that wall just went up a little bit higher. 
And I don't want to do... It's the same thing that people do to God. You know, if we're talking about it in the same way, it's like what people do to God. There's a lot of reasons people don't, you know, don't accept the Lord or want to have a relationship with Him is because at some point in their life, they put some wall up for some reason that, you know, who knows why. And arguably, they probably are justified in that feeling. However, it created this separation. And the more that we put this wall up around us, nobody can get in. And so what walls are you putting up that are preventing you from embracing a healthier life? And so the nutrition piece is huge. The exercise piece is simple. Do something. It doesn't matter what it is. (laughs) If I'm completely honest, start doing something now. Three days a week for 30 minutes. Walk, you know, and what will happen, it's like reading my Bible. The first time I remember, I remember as clear as yesterday, I'd been sitting in church for three years. It was right around the time I stopped listening to, you know, or or kind of phasing that music out of my life. And I had this new desire, like, that I'd never had. You know, here I am. uh, This was in 2011, so I was almost 30 years old. And I really wanted to start reading my Bible because for the first time in my life, it didn't seem so intimidating you know i mean every sermon i've been hearing every week included scripture and for the first time in my life i thought okay so i went to my pastor and i said where okay if i want to start reading a bible let's just say <laughs> where should what, what you know genesis should i start there every time i've kind of tried to open one it's very it just confused me and he said charlie why don't you start with matthew starting in, in the new testament And then he goes, read through those four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he said, what this is, it's four different people kind of having this like perspective of Jesus. And you're going to read, and like he gave me, it was the best like first step I could have ever asked for. Because I read it and guess what? I fall in love with Jesus. I was like, man, this guy's amazing. Wow. Okay, I want to keep going. And I was like, what should I do next? He's like, just go to Acts. Just go to the very next one. This is kind of after, you know, the, the church starts, like these, you know, people. It literally is like, and then I was like, what should I do? It just coaches me through the New Testament. I was like, I knew, I should have known what was coming next. I just got to turn the page. But it was perfect. So what's going to happen is you're going to start walking like for 30 minutes, right? Three times a week. And eventually you're going to be like, what should I do now? Like this is becoming rather, maybe I, Maybe I'll just run a little bit. Who knows? And then, but it just goes from there. And then you're doing more than you could have ever imagined. But you got to start. You have to start. And if you focus on those two areas, I believe the other pieces will fall in place. Right? I do believe that. I think like the sleep will happen. I think the mindset, you know, will continue to evolve. I think it's going to affect your spirit. I think it's going to affect your heart. I do believe, again, I mean, I'm kind of biased. I'm a trainer and I believe that when you exercise, you're becoming a better version of you. When you take care of your health, you're upgrading who you are. It's like you're operating off of the iPhone 1 if you're not doing it, and there's a 10 out there or a 11 or who knows, a 50, a, a higher version that you haven't tapped into. So the last thing I want to leave you with is a principle that's basically thinking about what are some micro wins in your life? You know, what is a way that you can basically do a 1% course correction every day? Starting today. Now, 1%. That's all we're, we're trying to do is improve 1% today. 
If you do that for a month, you've improved 30% in a month. Because you continue thinking 1% every day. And then after a year, you've improved 365%. But you have to be intentional. And you have to know what you're planning to do. It's the same way that when you, you know, when you have that time in the morning with the Lord, you know, what is that time going to look like? Now, Spirit will take you and it could look different than what you thought it would. But when you're having a tea party, you've got a plan. And you need to have a plan for how you're going to improve 1%. But don't try to improve the 365% on the first day or you will ultimately be so frustrated that it will cause you to stop and be discouraged. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.